Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by my effervescent co-host, Tara. Greetings, citizens. What does effervescent mean? <laughs> I, I just picture like like steam coming off of me or something or a glow. Do you know what? Something I know, with lines. I know how to use it. I can't give you an actual definition. I'm going to go look it up. That's just how we're starting the show. Effervescent. You've used it more than once. I it's have a used great it sounding word. I think uh, it's a compliment. Well, there's two contexts. Like... What one is giving off bubbles and fizzy, but the context that I used it in there was vivacious and enthusiastic. Ooh, okay. I like that. Um, which I, I've always used it in the right way, but you asked me for a definition, you put me on the spot, and I'm like, I have no idea how to define effervescent. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up. So. Yeah, we, we talk about sci-fi movies on this show. It's a sci-fi movie podcast that we bring to you every week. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about Mothra, the original kaiju film from 1961, directed by Ashiro Honda, who, who of course, also did uh, the original Godzilla and a bunch of the original Godzilla, you know, versus movies as well. Um, a lot of monster movies. A lot of monster movies. This is the winner of our uh, last Patreon vote every month on patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons at the $5 tier and up get to vote between four films. And the theme for this vote was four different uh, kaiju monster movies. And they picked Mothra. So that's what we're going to talk In about. In honor of Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, has been out and probably will come out on like DVD by the time this is this episode goes up. That, you know, that did occur to me is that typically that the idea of the votes is that they vote one month and then the following month the episode comes out and technically we're recording this in July but by the time it goes up it'll actually be like <laughs> at least a week into August maybe two I mean it's not yeah. a big deal but <laughs> it just occurred to me um, because we're a little bit ahead in these episodes so uh, but uh, we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of the show stay tuned though after the all the plugging because we have a bonus section this week an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 we're going to talk about Ooh. the episode Mitchell which was Joel's last episode, so super exciting. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, so starting with Mothra, we will start spoiler-free, as we always do. We will give you a warning before we get into the spoilers. And here we go. Uh, Mothra, basic premise is that the, the, the little twins uh, who are associated with Mothra uh, are kidnapped off of Infant Island and f basically paraded around as a circus show, a circus act for money and they they wish to be rescued and call upon mothra to do so and mothra uh may hatch out of the egg may you know turn into full-blown mothra well you know you find out in the movie of course she does why wouldn't she it's just all it was godzilla as well to like keep us entertained mothra has to become full mothra um so caterpillar for a while right yeah 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 <laughs> we get the 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 the, the larvae version is that, is that the right word yeah, I think we learned that in like third grade. It's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had never seen this before. Obviously, I'm familiar with Mothra from various Godzilla movies. Really? And... I just assumed you would have seen it because you're no, a big Godzilla fan. I'm a big Godzilla fan, but I never actually, I've never actually seen any of these solo movies or the other things uh, that are connected to Godzilla. Um, I've seen like I've seen the '90s Gamera trilogy, which is a fun time, um, and I've seen I oh, was the name of that trilogy. That I bought like a random US Blu-ray of. Um, Dajimin. That's a trilogy that I've also okay. seen. Um, <laughs> but 
Uh, I've, never, no, I've never seen Martha. I've never seen the original uh, Rodan either, which is one of the other ones that was in the, the vote. Um, That's strange because I've actually seen this movie before. But and bizarrely. I haven't seen any of the other Godzilla movies except for the original Godzilla, the 97 Godzilla, and then the last two ones that came out in America. Okay, you know what? So, I'm going to correct you, but I want to make it clear it's not because I'm a fan of the movie. It, it was Godzilla 98, oh, okay. not 97. <laughs> What'd you say? 98. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 98. And the reason why I'm fr- the reason why I'm I hesitate. Sorry. I know you love that movie. I, I should. <laughs> the reason why I hesitate. In front of you. <laughs> is because Tara likes to joke that I, for some reason, like that movie. And it is a... You defend that movie all the time. That is a blasphemous look. Just because there's some classic lines of dialogue in it that are worth repeating. There's zero classic lines. There is. There is. They 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 build a pile of fish, right? Right yeah, in the and middle he says, of the hand. That's hand. a lot of fish. He's like, that's a lot of fish. That's a good line. No, it's not. It's a great line. It's a lot of fish. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible line, but it's so terrible that it's a great line. I don't know. There's nothing great about that movie. That, that movie's terrible. Honestly, though, I think that movie is just right at the, the right part of my childhood that there's enough nostalgia to make it really entertaining to watch. I have to admit that. But it's not okay. good. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> See? Right. There you go. Making that clear. Making that clear. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of this uh, slander on my good name, my good taste. Thank you very much. Um... Yes, you'd seen Mothra before. I had not seen Mothra before, so I didn't know... Like, So I know all the, the main beats of Mothra and how she works and the twins and the island and blah, 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 but I, I didn't know what the plot of the original Mothra was exactly. So it turns out it's a kidnap plot. It's about the, the twins being kidnapped and Mothra coming to save the day. So Mothra is technically not a villain in this movie. She's actually kind of the hero, but there is obviously a lot of uh, collateral damage when, when she's you know flying around and stuff like that. So... There is still danger and they still want to like solve the problem, but it's not like, you know, I'm here to wreck your city and kill everything as much as I can and so on and so on. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I'll ask the question. Tara, uh, how do you feel about the original Mothra? <laughs> um, I, I still like it. I don't think it's great. It's, it's missing a lot of the stuff that um, you get from from the original Godzilla, it still feels a little bit like a monster movie just for the sake of a monster movie. It actually feels a lot like King Kong while watching it. Um, there is some King Kong. There's a lot of parallels yeah. with King Kong that I didn't recognize the first time I saw it. I, I would um, I would basically say that this feels more in line with the Godzilla sequels than it does the original Godzilla. And the, and the, I think the, yeah. some of the Godzilla sequels are much better than this one, actually, but um, and this is better yeah. than some of the Godzilla sequels. Um, a lot of the, I, I think Mothra as a design isn't that good, but I still kind of enjoy it. Like I don't know, I, I think she's one of the weaker designs, at least in the beginning. Um, there's some great set pieces <laughs> that I really love. I love all the jungle scenes. I think they're like beautiful looking back in that type of style of camera work when color was new for theaters and stuff and uh or televisions <laughs> and i think that looks good but um technicolor i think is what i'm trying to go for <laughs> yeah. but for the most part i think it's kind of okay but i i'm still positive on it what about you 
Um, yeah, I had fun with it, but it's definitely a lot more like some of the goofier Godzilla sequels in that part of my enjoyment came from how goofy and wacky the characters are. The human characters are not like good <laughs> characters, but they're relatively entertaining a lot of the time. Like, you know, our, our main character kind of is this reporter named Bulldog um, who... Super goofy looking. He's super goofy looking. He has a lot of really <laughs> super goofy moments. The way he reacts to things. He's a surprisingly good fighter though at one point. <laughs> like that comes <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, but I feel a little uncomfortable that they call the twins the tiny beauties the whole time. Or small beauties. I don't know why. Like, I don't want them to say anything sexual about tiny girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... But they're all like weirdly attracted to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because they're because they're, even there's even a line of dialogue in the movie that makes it very clear these are fully grown women they're just tiny they're just small yeah, yeah. they're like a foot tall or something yeah they're, they're, they're action figure sized but yeah yeah so i mean think of someone you you're attracted to a celebrity and shrink them down to a foot tall they're not unattractive now just because they're a foot tall <laughs> they're impractical for anything you know physical but <laughs> i don't know why it just it seems it's so awkward to me that they refer to them constantly as tiny beauties yeah um but it's still i mean sure like they're beautiful young women <laughs> you have the evil capitalist villain uh nelson who yeah and you know he's evil because he has an evil laugh <laughs> he's always laughing he's, he's always like <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> evil. <laughs> so he's always doing that, um, and he is purely about capitalism. Um, so, yeah, like, like the the movie, like I don't think is like a great movie by any means. It definitely fits into just no. If you like all the Godzilla sequels, you probably would lump this in there with the above average batch of them. But you know, sure. it, it's much better than the clip show one. Which oh god. <laughs> could you Never imagine could you imagine going to the theater and getting a clip show of the previous like eight movies <laughs> could you imagine that maybe they needed them aren't there like 24 Godzilla movies or something crazy oh more than that the there was 28 with final wars and then shin godzilla makes 29 japanese godzilla movies Whew. and then there's three american maybe ones i would appreciate now. a clip show <laughs> Uh, there's there's three American ones, and there's also now three anime Godzilla movies that Netflix did over the last couple of years, which I actually watched. Those I reviewed those with Connor, um, and there was some stuff that's a bit too anime about them. But I actually kind of liked how they looked, and I enjoyed the first two. The third one is everything I hate about anime, just like ruining the ending <laughs> of the story. I was actually kind of into it for, for, for faults and all. I was kind of into the first two, and then the third does one. Does Godzilla just... have those like really giant eyes? <laughs> he does not. He doesn't have elite eyes. Uh, the human characters <laughs> oh, all have like those eyes. Going around his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but so yeah, but well, is a decent movie. It's a decent movie. Um, it's not always good for the right reasons necessarily. Um, although arguably, I, I don't think anything's un, unintentional though. I don't think the goofy humor is like only funny because they're making a mistake. I think it's intentionally goofy. Yeah, there's it. It really like hammers it. it. There's there's one scene I can't remember where it is. Somewhere in like the middle of the film where you, you have like two characters who like 
they're like eating like dumplings or something and one like starts to choke on him and the other guy's like doing this real slapstick stuff in the background and you're like <laughs> oh this is a comedy <laughs> it's kind of a comedy yeah um it's funny this is one of the least sci-fi feeling movies we, we've done but as a science fiction film they defend an island and yeah, there's exactly. a monster on it. yeah yeah i mean the island has radiation from the atomic bombs that have been tested and and apparently I mean, there's magic just on this island that you can drink and will completely take away radiation radiation which yeah i mean maybe uh Maybe the outlaw should have some of that in stock <laughs> next to Reactor 4, just in case. <laughs> Would have helped. <laughs> yeah, well, if the Soviet Union, like, wanted, you know, we're honest, then maybe the Japanese would have helped them. We're like, look, we have this magic juice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just drink this and shovel all that, you know, graphite back into the reactor. Just, just ship, you know tons and tons of it uh to to eastern europe and just all the all the countries around ukraine just they can all get a nice dose of it everyone yeah. can take it you know well um, you gotta be careful because if you take anything off this island mothra will come after you and destroy your city so that is a risk that is a risk yeah um <laughs> i was gonna make a really poor taste joke there about uh uh the soviet <laughs> union um i'm not gonna do it so why they're not around anymore <laughs> well i was going to say would you notice the difference after a kaiju attack in the soviet union um uh, uh, boom i know, I know. like <laughs> i'm not proud i'm not proud all right <laughs> not proud so trying not to sniff on the microphone that's okay we've got a giant moth in this movie like i feel like it's, it's on point <laughs> you can practically feel like, when they're going through the jungle you can actually feel the pollen and stuff just sort of Oh yeah, yeah. I liked all the jungle scenes. It looked the—I don't know what it—it sort of reminded me of like the old Star Treks, but it might have just been that like Technicolor look. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Star Trek. What was that again? (laughs) Oh, the hit television show Star Trek, the original series. Yes, yes, that one. Uh, Gollum's been thrown down. I need to get my reference in at some point. I'll do it somehow. I mean, it does look like it. it looks like you're on an alien planet. Like they have these giant, like glowy mushroom-looking things around in the jungle. It's basically Pandora before we had Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the look of it. You know, it's real. It's real cool. It's supposed to be some Polynesian island that mm. I don't know if it's made up or not. I didn't look it up. I, I feel like it is. <laughs> Probably. I feel like it's yeah. Um, I don't know there's a lot of like small islands, so I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, Infinite Island's a thing that we refer to a lot in the series, so I assume that, I mean, at the very least, they gave it a new name. They didn't, you know. Okay, yeah. It's my, my assumption, anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, where the villain comes from, that's a made-up place. Because mm. he comes to, like, Newkirk City. <laughs> <laughs> which, does, which does not sound like a place in Japan uh, no. or the surrounding areas, does it? It sounds like, it sounds like you're making, like, a a cyberpunk dystopian thing set in what used to be the US and right, now, now yeah. Newkirk City's replaced like Detroit or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, it's like the Grand Theft Auto version of New York City yeah. or something. Newkirk City. So, they were renaming all the cities after the the, uh, the uprising and someone was a big Star Trek fan and said, I want, I want Newkirk City. No, actually no, we're so far in the future there was a Kirk City and then a second apocalypse happened, and then someone said, "I want to do Newkirk City." 
It sounds to me like I make it through the apocalypse. <laughs> so, all right. Oh, right, right, right next to uh, the state of Spock, Spockington, and <laughs> Spockington. The capitals, the capital building is called the McCoy. <laughs> Not a bad name for a building. Let's be honest. Um, so. <laughs> is there anything else to say without doing spoilers? I don't know. Um, oh, we're talking about the effects. We're talking about the monster attacks. We'll have to talk about specifics, but we can talk about do they look good? Are they fun? Are they exciting? Um, they don't look good, but they are fun. There is a, a, a cityscape that is built, I assume, to be destroyed. And uh, I did laugh when I saw it. <laughs> The first time. My favorite things in these uh, old uh, Kaiju movies is the vehicles because they're oh my so, like, God, toys. They're so funny. Yeah, <laughs> they are just toys. They're all like the same size, like just moving on a track to mm-hmm. perfectly in sync with each other. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Hey, maybe that. That's how people drive in civilized countries. They all drive completely in sync. All right. <laughs> There's only one road. <laughs> it's the same direction at the same speed perfectly separated apart it's a one-way system all right they've got a lot of one-way streets <laughs> in fact okay this is, this, this is tangent this is this is a completely forced reference but this does remind me of one of my favorite lines from season one of the hit television show buffer the vampire slayer actually no i tell a lie i think it was season two um cordelia comes in uh notices that jail's cordelia notices that Giles is speaking to a police officer and says oh I've got this this ticket this is bogus you know it was they tell me it was a one way street I was going one way stupid that's a great line that's a great line of dialogue I blew my nose at that reference <laughs> also I just need to blow my nose yeah. I have really bad allergies right now I'm sorry that's fine I, I'm sure they'll forgive you Sorry. I'm sure they'll all forgive you. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not all cringing at home. What you, what you need is like a cough button, so every time you need to sniff your nose, you can just go, "Oop!" and press it, and it'll mute it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the action's fun. There's not a lot of it in this movie because you know Mothra doesn't show up really until the last like thirty minutes, kind of thing. Um, no, not properly. I mean, her name doesn't even really get brought up until like thirty minutes in. Yeah, it's it is it is more about the twins than it is about Martha herself, really. Yeah, it builds up to her, of course, but like it is more about them being kidnapped, and that's what the main plot of the movie is. Uh, so you know, that's what it is. Um, but I think we'll give the spoiler warning just because I feel like we can't really talk about much more uh without spoilers. So uh, we'll we'll dive in. To Martha. The movie starts with a ship being destroyed by a typhoon, and these four sailors uh, are on the island, and they're you know they get you know, there's the searching planes going about, and they're able to signal them. It's all fine, but everyone's like, "But you should be like dying. This should, you should have radiation poisoning. You should you should be, you know, literally you've had graphite all over your body, but you're not. <laughs> What's happening?" Um, and so they send in like a search party. They got hazmat suits. Your skin should be black and yellow and red and blotchy. <laughs> and... <laughs> so it's during this that we're introduced to all of our main characters. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Bulldog and Michi, his photographer. 
because they infiltrate the scientists slash government building and they get found out because while they're all standing about in lab coats and they're talking to the the four survivors Michi pulls out her camera and takes a photograph and the big flash goes off and it's like you didn't think this might be noticed <laughs> just keep in mind this is this is 1961 this is a big flash bulb camera it's not like yeah you know so i did recognize one of the one of the people who worked in the building though i don't know if you did or one of the uh he worked for the newspaper i think he was like their boss like their main editor guy was one of the one of the samurai in seven samurai like the the main guy with the big smile uh takashi shimura yes he's yes. also an i, I recognize his photo straight away actually on mdb because he's a an ikuru another kurosawa film yeah uh, he's in a bunch of kurosawa stuff yeah he's very good um he's in Rashomon. i think he's in the godzilla movies too because i looked him up he's in he probably is um there's actually there's another guy in this i, I never recognized this guy he apparently, apparently played just the doctor whoever that is um but um He's the guy with from Godzilla has eye patch because his photo is him with the eye patch. So I always recognize that photo whenever I look up at IMDb uh, because because okay. he went on to appear in like multiple Godzilla sequels, not as the same character. He would just be <laughs> like different characters all over the place. Um, okay. But I, I never recognize him. So until I look at the credits and see that photo with the eye patch, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I guess that worked. <laughs> eye patch, yeah. <laughs> I guess that worked. Um, but yeah, but it was yeah. cool to see uh, one of the Seven Samurai in Bathra. Well, I mean, it's, it's that kind of era. It's only, what, seven years after Seven Samurai? It's just still him and his, so. his career stretch, if you will. I mean, he looked exactly the same. Like, he doesn't look that much older. Yeah. Um. So we're interested in him, and he's this goofball uh, bulldog who just like, oh, yes, but report. We think our, you know, our, our listeners, or our readers, rather, our listeners, uh, our readers <laughs> will be very happy uh, to hear about the story. And the head scientist is like, okay, then, you can have an interview. Like what? <laughs> You're not gonna kick them out? Not gonna? This like... how journalism worked back in the day. Okay. You just uh, infiltrate, mm-hmm. get exposed, and then um, get your interview. And be accepted. <laughs> yes, just completely willingly. Yeah. It's just like, well, I mean, I suppose I'm supposed to go eventually. Might as well talk to you. Like, oh yeah, okay, better chance. Um, he sneaks on the expedition boat uh, to go to the island. Uh, we're interested to sort of the head scientist that we kind of follow. Um, who is uh, Chujo? His name is. Um, who has who's a who's a chubby kid, which is relevant for later. Keep it keep it keep it annoyed. Um, and he's he's going along as well. We're interested to in him. Uh, and yeah, it's of, mother's favorite kind of treat. <laughs> and of course, uh, yeah. he is. Uh, we're we're also interested in the villain, uh, the guy who's funding this expedition, um, and is kind of the dictator on the ship. Um, who who finds Bulldog and holds him at gunpoint, and Bulldog just kind of again just kind of worms his way out of it by like, oh I'm um, I'm just a uh, just a cabin boy. Oh um, I used to be the porter, <laughs> but you know it's like, uh, you know, he, he just kind of goes along with it. It's just really weird. Um, yeah, man, he had his gun on him for a long time though. Like, jeez, he did. Yeah, it was actually Chujo showing up that kind of broke it up a little bit. And yeah, it, a little bit. Yeah. It it. Yeah, he was there to be our good guy, our hero. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of sets up that this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. It kind of draws those lines, yeah. even though the bad guy's not done what he's really going to do yet, like the the real bad thing that he does. Um, so they go to the island, 
get their hazmat suits on, they're exploring, and it's very, it is very kind of otherworldly, this is maybe where it does feel really King Kong, it feels like, you know, they've arrived on Skull Island and they're, they're searching and, you know, there's weird yeah. things here, there's giant the veins that... are, like, trying to kill them, and, like, yeah. So, yeah, no, like, the, the, the twins actually save, uh, Chujo by kind of, like, kind of just warding Same. away the, yeah, they sing and get the veins go away, um, and that's all fine and well. Uh, then they come back into the island. They meet the the twins again, uh, but the villain Nelson tries to like take them, and the natives show up though uh, and stop them. And it's clear that obviously, or you know, Bulldog and and, and Trujillo don't want to take them, but you know, it's the natives who actually stop them. And however, once the good guys go back to back to the mainland. Uh, Nelson comes with a team with guns and actually, it's actually a really dark scene. He kills a bunch of the natives and kidnaps yeah. the twins. It's, I was actually kind of surprised how dark this was where they just start unloading ammo into into the natives. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All the natives are doing are like clicking seashells together or something and <laughs> they just get mowed down by bullets. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost wanted to tell them, no, 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 you, you, want, you want coconuts to do the horse sound effect. You need coconuts. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not seashells. Um, so yeah, they, they kidnap the twins and they put them into a like a a show where they it's make King Kong. yeah they they have them come out in this little carriage that sort of like it glides down like a a rope from the, from like the back of the the auditorium and it lands yeah. on the stage and then they get out and they sing and they seem to be very willing to sing because they just like yeah. singing that's what they do. Except they're singing a song about Mothra. Singing a song about Mothra. And we've heard that already <laughs> because uh, I think it was Chujo who was doing research and was like, because uh, he, he's, he's, a, he's a linguist. And he was reading like the, the cave paintings and stuff from the island and he's like, this means Mothra. And they don't know what it, they don't know what it means, but they're like, it's Mothra. <laughs> what is Mothra? We'll find out what Mothra is, I suppose. Is it, you know, I assume by the end of the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Joke didn't land very well. I'll accept it. I'll move on in my life. <laughs> so, at this Good point, one. we we, we kind of have this thing where like the the heroes are trying to get in to see them. They're, they're not happy. They, they try and like get the newspaper to write about them being enslaved by the villain. Uh, they, they go to see them. The villain lets them speak to the twins, and we find out that they can speak to people telepathically, and that they are singing for Mothra to come and save them. Uh, we also see on the island uh, the 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 natives are dancing in like front of the egg and try to, and singing and try to make make Martha wake up as well, uh, which of yeah. course it ultimately does. Uh, so yeah, yeah, a lot of the middle of the movie is is a lot of hijinks though because I mentioned earlier on there's a scene where Bulldog shows that he's a really good fighter, and <laughs> it's this weird thing where after they've seen the girls once they want to try and see them again when nelson's like busy somewhere else distracted and they go up there's, there's a guard there's a, there's a guy sitting there and they're like oh we're going to see the girls like, no 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 no, you, you can't do that not when mr nelson's not here and so they got me in and like a bunch of guards shot they end up with like four or five people coming to get them and bill was like go and go and talk to him i'll hold these guys off and i was like wait what you can do what now and he starts like kicking them and punching them. In fact, at one point he takes his like rolled up newspaper and just slaps one of them over the head with it. <laughs> it's like, oh, they don't come with a bulldog for nothing. I'm like, oh, I guess so. I, I guess that's where you get his name from. Yeah. I guess so. And it's not even relevant for the rest of the movie. It never comes up again that he's like this great fighter. 
maybe he learned from his uh from his samurai box. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you calling your own joke stupid there? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm so used to hearing it after I make a joke. <laughs> this is a nice difference, a nice change. Nice nice change. Yeah, it's stupid. Change of pace. <laughs> um yeah. no you're totally right same continuity this is this is the samurai he's immortal he's actually he's a, he's a mystical immortal samurai who's been alive all this time and he's in the newspaper business because right. he just thought you know what i fancy the newspaper business i've been around a long time the samurai thing is getting old people don't really hire samurai anymore <laughs> yeah time to switch careers yeah so now he's a, a newspaper man Good for him you know it's only been like a few years and he's already people's boss He's, so, he's, <laughs> good for him. It's been a few years. Seven, seven Samurai was set in feudal Japan time. <laughs> I'm going by the, you know. Years of the movies, okay. Yeah. No, I was thinking he, it was basically around the time the printing press was invented that he thought, you know what, this is going places. <laughs> so he, he got in from the ground up. You think he'd be higher up then? <laughs> he likes his job. He, he's turned down promotions. <laughs> he likes being the editor. He likes being in charge of the front lines. That's my yeah. guess. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have that weird fancy. We also have a weird scene where uh, Chujo's son, the chubby kid, sneaks in. Like, he actually does like some Scooby Doo hiding. He like, hides like a basket at one point. Does he hide inside like a, like a Fabergé, or not Fabergé, um, like a paper mache chicken? <laughs> He does, you're right. Yeah, he does. You're totally right. Um, like a Trojan chicken. And he gets caught. In fact, when you know he when his dad hears that he's here, uh, he comes rushing in with uh with Bulldog who's also shown up, and they, they race into the uh like you know, try to find the girls. Because this is a little bit later when the, the bad guy's uh, you know, he's fled with the girls. Uh, because up until a point that like the government's okay with it, but then eventually when they realize Mothra's coming, they, they, dem- they demand him to give them up, and he goes on the run. Uh, but when when the good guys get there, they find his son like duct taped and you know gagged and like tied up on the floor. And I went, okay, this is pretty extreme. <laughs> it's pretty extreme because I think by this point Mothra has arrived. We've seen her like break up a ship. Um, that's not the scene I want to talk about though. I want to talk about the scene where she first gets to the mainland and she ends up destroying a dam. Because I want to talk about you know how that 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 moment you always get in movies, whether it's a disaster or maybe a superhero movie where like a building's burning down, and they'll be like, "Oh no, my 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 puppy or my child, oh no, my baby, yeah, is is still in the building or something." <laughs> right. Usually in those cases, it's a child that's big enough to walk around on their own, so that's why they're still in there because they've made a a, a dumb child choice not to move yeah. with their parent or hide somewhere stupid. This woman. This one is just- a baby in a basket on a dam. This woman <laughs> somehow dropped her baby, which is in a basket, on the middle, the very middle of a dam, which is in the process of breaking up and about to plummet and, and be destroyed. <laughs> it's not like it's in a basket that like rolled away. It's just in a basket. Like... Yeah, no. Had, see if it was <laughs> in a stroller. At least if it was in like a stroller and there was a gust of wind that blew it further into the dam, I'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. Bit bit contrived, but I'll accept it. No, no, no. Yeah. She she just turns around when she's with like everyone because you know our good guys are there and it's Bulldog who runs out and gets the gets the baby. Like you know the police are all holding the back. No, it's not safe. We have to be over here. And she's like, my baby. And it just cuts my to the baby. shot 
of the baby in the basket in the middle of the like, how did you leave your baby in the middle of the dam? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dumb. Someone, someone called child services. I feel like we have a case here. I mean, this movie is so long. That scene was so unneeded. <laughs> the damn breaking is exciting enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you say the movie was long? It's 90 minutes. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like, it's like an hour and 40 minutes, right? Was it? Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah. You may be right. Maybe, maybe it flew in for me. <laughs> stupid <laughs> so dumb <laughs> what i'm sorry did you think i was trying to make a pun there because moth or flies yes i can't believe you think so little of me i do i can't <laughs> I, really I can't do. i can't believe you thought i meant that i did not i meant no such thing your mind went there not mine get your head out of the comedy gutter <laughs> That's no. where you get your jokes from. <laughs> How dare you? I have been so offended. I have not even... No. Mm-mm. This will be the final episode of this show because I am no longer working with Tara. Not after my my integrity has been questioned. Whatever. You're <laughs> the one who likes the 98 Godzilla movie. I don't Matthew like the 98 Godzilla movie! Stop spreading <laughs> filthy lies! <laughs> my god. Just appalling. What happens next? <laughs> Not for the show. I mean, like, for... What happens next? <laughs> for Imathra. Yeah. Because Imathra showed up, the government are like, no, you have to hand over those, those twins. There's no right to keep them. It's the safety of everywhere is in jeopardy. Um, and Imathra's crawling about. Eventually, after some destruction, cocoons. Um, Rapungi. Yeah. yeah. Tokyo Tower. Yeah, Tokyo Tower. Um, I'm glad you know what that is, because I did not. <laughs> Yeah, I used to live there. <laughs> I, I I was actually near this thing specifically. Yeah, well, I mean, like an hour away, but I used yeah, to always go. And and, and the vicinity. Rapungi is like, you go to Tokyo Tower when you want to party. <laughs> Rapungi is like party central in Tokyo. Excellent to know. <laughs> um, I know all of you who are planning on going, taking a trip. Remember that. Yeah. Rapungi. Rapungi. It's a train station. I'll be honest. I, I was thinking to myself in this scene, why why did why did Japan have a knockoff Eiffel Tower? That was that was my uh, <laughs> my attitude, uh, and I say that because uh, England, Blackpool in England, also has a knockoff Eiffel Tower called Blackpool Tower. It looks similar, but is much smaller. <laughs> I I mean, I'm sure the Tokyo Tower came later, but I don't know. I don't know the history. I, the design has to be a little knocked off. I'm just. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so yeah, so that, Martha cocoons. We get some fantastic scenes of of the villain laughing as he, as he's gleeful about the fact that because they think Martha is dead at one point because they, they think they've destroyed the cocoon at one point. Yeah, they've burned it. And he's all happy. So so they come out of hiding and they go into town, but they're they're accosted by the police and we get a shoot. We get like a a big shootout in Martha, where they just open fire on the police and kill like three cops but my favorite part of the scene though so because so nelson gets shot at the end of this like one of the cops just shoots him like two times in the back and that's it he's dead yeah. my favorite part of this scene though is that right before he gets shot for some reason nelson grabs a cane off a random old man who's struggling to walk 
And he doesn't even use it. He just throws it down the ground as soon as he's got it. He just has to do one more evil thing before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Pick out the elderly. It's, it's wonderful. It's just this wonderful random moment where he just <laughs> like, he just grabs this old man's cane and just throws it to the ground. I don't even... It's like it's like he, he thought he could do something with it, but then once he had it, he's like, you know what? No, that was not going to work. And he just throws it away. <laughs> and this old man, like he's, the old man's wife's just like holding on to him, making sure he doesn't fall to his, on his ass. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big deal if an old man breaks a hip. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't have much to say about this. Uh, the villain is ridiculous. Oh yes, yeah, he's, he's totally ridiculous. Um, uh, so one of the plans before this was they were using this weird shielding around the, the twins to try and block their telepathy so that Mothra wouldn't come. Um, yeah, it's like lead shielding or something. They said they use it in nuclear reactors, and I thought that's where we we're going to talk about Chernobyl. But you brought it up way beforehand because it's of course a movie about radiation. Yeah, radiation. <laughs> of course, I went there first. We could talk about Chernobyl some more if you want. Oh, what a great show! <laughs> so, you know, I love the idea that it's been like two months since the ending now, and we're still cracking Chernobyl jokes. And I bet Dyatlov would have done that too. I bet he also would have taken an old man's cane and thrown it away just to do something evil yeah but i feel like yeah. when the outlaw does it he would take it throw it away and go so you can do you try to pretend you can't walk is that it just do it yeah. just walk stop pretending like he would he would yeah, yeah. throw it away like an operation manual <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's exactly the scene i was thinking of <laughs> so now um by the way can i just like has there really been no movies where they've used chernobyl and then but fictionalized it and turned it into that was how like a kaiju was born is that really not happened oh there's got to be some like b horror film yeah, there has to be a thing there has to be a thing like made for sci-fi channel stuff yeah i was i was theorizing that they might do something in stranger things season four because they've been because next season will be in 1986 and russians are Ooh. involved in the plot so i'm i'm expecting some chernobyl tie-ins Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm like the up. only person on earth who hasn't watched Stranger Things. You get caught up for, for, for the potential Chernobyl season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh no. So I hope that they I hope that the monster is just Diatlov. <laughs> just giant Diatlov. He's like a kaiju. <laughs> and he's and he's white scrubs with his hat. Yeah. Mustache. <laughs> blaming everybody else for dying <laughs> oh dear uh, so many good memes and so many of them come from the outlaw like like i said the, the mean the memes basically fall into two things the romance between uh legazov and and boris and the outlaw and just the outlaw's general attitude yeah. those are the, those are the two things that have produced all the comedy um anyway so the movie ends with the, the this plan where they realize that moth is attracted to this symbol and for and there's like a weird religious attempt to the end of this that i, I did not yeah, see is coming this a christian movie or because <laughs> I, I, I it's not as far as i remember from the godzilla movies i've seen and i've seen most of them now i don't recall this ever coming up again but they're like oh the, the bells of the church sounds like the singing and i'm like not really but sure <laughs> go on um and it's like okay yeah they said they're they're attracted to sound and i guess yeah the bells are kind of like an amplified version of the voices i don't know yeah. whatever but the best part is is they realize what the symbol is because the sun is right behind the cross at the top of a church and he's looking at it and he's like 
does that look familiar to you? And it's the symbol, like Mothra's symbol is like a cross with a sun behind it and like some little lines, some little wavy heat lines. <laughs> and so they basically draw this on, on the ground, ring all the church bells, and it's basically a landing strip for Mothra and they give the, the twins over and they fly off and they all wave happily and that's the end of the yep. movie. <laughs> yep. So as much as we've not been like swimming in praise here and it is really goofy, I can't say I wasn't entertained for most of it. Oh yeah, like it's still... It's not Godzilla. Like It's not. Godzilla is <laughs> this really movie... There really like deep themes, even about like like nuclear power or anything like that because i don't think mothra comes from that i think mothra has always been on this island yeah she's like a natural being or whatever yeah Yeah. the island just happens to be full of some kind of like mystical power of some kind but it doesn't seem to be radiation even though they're testing bombs around it i mean there's kind of a theme of like uh man thinking they're above nature by just taking whatever they want one from the island, but it's still mostly connected to this mysticism thing that that the island has. So, I don't know. It's it's not deep like Godzilla is, you know. No, it's not. Well, the weird thing is though is it's the same director, and the director went on to make a lot of the Godzilla sequels. And I yeah, really but I lo- think the director made like one great movie and then made a bunch of monster movies after that. <laughs> yeah, I- you know, even Spielberg made. Jurassic Park and then couldn't make a good sequel to Jurassic Park you know they just became monster movies and even though I like them like I genuinely like all the Jurassic Park films they're not the first one the first one is way deeper and more entertaining and you know that's how I kind of see it (laughs) anyway well because the funny thing is with Honda as far as far as I'm aware like he really wanted to say something and that's you know he wanted to use the monster to represent something that's why godzilla is the movie it is and it feels yeah. like after that he just like making monster movies it, like it wasn't the same he just gave people what they wanted yeah you know but i mean he did make generally a couple a couple of those early godzilla sequels are really good and some of the best of the movies obviously not as good as the first one but you know the oh, original... to be honest i've never i don't know i've never seen them i know you've watched them all fairly recently but yeah i know the first one is really great like the original really um not the original, but the 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 first Ghidorah movie, Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster. That that and that 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 is a great movie. That that is the movie where Godzilla, f- for the first time, becomes a hero. Because up until that point, he was a villain in every movie. Because Mothra v Godzilla, which obviously came after this, and obviously after the first couple of Godzilla movies, Mothra is a good guy, uh, and Godzilla is a bad guy. Um, but the whole the whole plot of Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster is is that this this awful you know alien beast is coming. Uh, you know, and there's this princess from one of Jupiter's moons comes to warn us that Ghidorah's coming, and they basically have to wake up uh, Rodan, uh, Mothra, and Godzilla because the only hope they have is to work as a team to fight to fight Ghidorah. And I really like that movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably my favorite <laughs> sounds, sequel. Sounds good. Um, sounds kind of like the last Godzilla movie I watched. A little bit, yeah. It's a little bit like kind of the monsters, uh, a little bit. Except Rodan was on the other team. <laughs> That's right. It was on the team. Not through his own choice, admittedly, but he was on the other team. Um, and this, you know, this, this, this shares something that I'd say, like, it kind of falls into the same category for me as uh, uh, Ibera, the Horror of the Deep, which is the seventh or eighth Godzilla movie, um, where it's not really a good movie, but the characters are funny enough, and some of the weird things that happen are just kind of amusing, and it's just kind of a funny time, 
and you just kind of get into it and it's like yeah, yeah. okay yeah this i don't know i think this feels kind of like a we want to make a king kong movie because mm. it's a lot of similar like going to skull island taking something from the island that you shouldn't have taken and then putting it on display in like this circus show and then things go awry it's journalism like there are journalists that are there <laughs> like it's it seems very much like a king kong film yeah it's definitely yeah. inspired by king kong there's no there's no, there's no debate in that yeah no debate in that. um but that's the movie um what do you think of the design of mothra yeah yeah, do what gets me about Mothra in, in the older movies specifically. Uh, oh, because obviously in the new movie it was like you know all CG and it's this beautiful, oh, she colorful. Was, she was beautiful. Yeah. And King of the Monsters. Um, is that the the design of the wings specifically look like their carpet? They look like they're this yeah. you know like seventies carpet so design. Fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, that looks comfortable to lie on top of. <laughs> that, that's like my my instinct yeah. when I look at her wings. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't love the design. I think. Mothra, like, like I don't know how many like solo movies she had after this. Probably not a lot because I think she does work better as a a part of a Godzilla movie. She, you know, yeah. than her own thing. Um, I almost wonder, like, if if it was even like in the the, the mind at the time when they were, when they were making this, was it like, oh, this is something we're going to then take into Godzilla? You know, it, it, was was this essentially a backdoor pilot or? Well, when it. When it was like Mothra vs. Godzilla or the other one you're talking about, the something of the mm. deep, is was her design the same? Does she look better? No, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it was the same. Same design. Mm. It's, it's, in the same way that it's the same Godzilla suit for the first like <laughs> ten movies or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. Just, it is. Same with Ghidorah. Same with Rodan. They're using the same props and suits and puppets. Uh, for a while. Sorry. And you can tell actually, because see when you get towards the end of the first sort of era of Godzilla, you can see that the suit's kind of been through somewhere in terror and it's kind of starting <laughs> to look a bit rough. See, it looks great in the first movie. Oh yeah, well the black and white helps a lot, and the, the way it's shot in the first movie, because the direction's actually, I mean as much as it's the same director in the later films, that first movie's shot like a horror movie, and it really helps yeah. like make Godzilla feel intimidating and, and bold. Yeah, I remember Godzilla looking like he, almost like he was glowy, like he had been burned or something like nuclear energy yeah the, through radiation oh. burns yeah the only, like the he only looked really he looked good he looked intimidating the only thing in uh the original godzilla effects wise it doesn't really hold up for me now compared to the newer stuff is the atomic breast because it just looks like a it looks like yeah it's like scratch out on the film right yeah it, just, it doesn't just it just doesn't look that good um yeah obviously now we can have big blue beams of you know <laughs> Light atomic and it was good. vomit. Yeah, atomic Ooh, that would have been a great name for our podcast. <laughs> atomic vomit. I don't. I don't. I, I, don't <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the 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 message that we wanted to put out there. Also, you're like eighteen the episodes too late. <laughs> should, should have come up with us eighteen episodes ago. We could have. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm too late. Done some with it. Um. All right. Moments come. What are you rating Mothra out of ten? Yeah, so it's not it's not a great movie, but um, I did still have I still have fun watching it. Like it is goofy. I would say it's a movie for kids, but there's a lot of violence, so I don't know if it's for kids. <laughs> I probably would have liked it as a kid if I had seen it. Um, it's a 
it's a fine B movie with a better budget. I'd say it's a six point five. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's goofy. I, I think what I'll I'll say positively about that though is that. Uh, the goofiness works and it's definitely intentional goofy. It's, it's not goofy because they're trying to be serious and it comes off as bad. They're, they're definitely going for a tone. Um, and yeah, the plot is fun. The characters are fairly memorable. Um, with the exception of a photographer who's just kind of there for the odd punchline. Um, you, you, you'll notice when I was describing the plot, I almost never mentioned her name. But there's a joke. Yeah. At, there's a joke at the very end actually where. Uh, after Mother flies off, they go, "Oh, that'll make for a great piece in the newspaper." And then she goes, "Oh." I forgot to take any pictures. I forgot to take the picture, yeah. And then they all just start laughing, and I'm like, "Okay, wouldn't you actually be pissed at that though?" <laughs> this giant yeah. kaiju comes in. This like you know, like wonder of life shows up. You really have to write a story about it, and the, the photographer just forgets to take photos. <laughs> I would be laughing at that if I was her editor. Hey, he, yeah. he's 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 going back to his samurai roots when she comes back to the office with that news. She's getting cut in half. Yeah, he he's pulling out a katana and saying, "All right, are you familiar with seppuku? Because yeah. you're doing it. <laughs> you have brought great dishonor on our paper. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to do an artist sketch of Mothra. Probably look better than the actual Mothra. Uh, the the Daily Star down the street. They they've got a photo. We don't have a photo. <laughs> We're chumps. All thanks to you. But yeah, so yeah, she doesn't have a lot to do. Uh, not that any of the characters really have any great arcs or like good story or anything like that. But she she is just kind of a not a prop, no. but like a you know this tagged on kind of jokey character that's just kind of there for the odd joke. Um, but hey, uh, so I will give it. I'll give it a straight six. Not good. Not terrible. No, that's 3.6. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. That's 3.6. Um, Alright, so that is Mothra, um, which is actually one of the shorter movie discussions we've had. No way. I knew it would be shorter, though. It, these types of movies eh, don't tend to... It's not deep. Yeah, you know? ha- have as much to dig into. Oh, yeah, because Rocketman was deep. We still went at, like an hour 40 on that bad boy. Uh, Rocketman's a freaking masterpiece written by the writer of Chernobyl, which is a 10 out of 10. So, uh... You can check out our review. Uh, yeah, you so can. Why? <laughs> the review, which is longer than the movie itself. Um... <laughs> John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Classic. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of that scene where he's shouting out different actions that he knows because they're launching and the, the, pilot, the other astronauts are like, you know, saying things. KFC! CNN! <laughs> yeah exactly it sticks with you it's great oh uh, no i don't know if the the movie i don't think the movie sticks with me because of the movie the movie sticks with me because you 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 made the movie stick with <laughs> so me so funny oh dear uh so that is mothra um of course um by the time this goes up the august voting will probably be up and the july voting i've already hammed um but do check the vote make sure you remember to vote before the end of the month if you're a patron at five dollar tier and up uh which Ooh, we're is, doing spielberg movies Yes, I mean, by the time this goes up, that, that vote will be over and we'll know who, who won, but... Um, Sorry. We'll Sorry see. if you missed out on the Spielberg vote. Um, but since we mentioned Patreon, this is a good time to plug it. Tara, tell them about Patreon. 
It's patreon.com slash TV, and you could donate as little as a dollar per month and you get bonus episodes of the A's. We've done three so far and we're going to keep them going. So One per month. <laughs> One per month. And um, if you donate $5, you get to vote on what we watch next. Yeah. Uh, and you get similar sort of benefits for other shows we do at Screams After Midnight and, yep. and so on and so on. You get some stuff early. Also, we have The Vault for patreons too so if you want to <laughs> i love saying patreons <laughs> so if you want us to watch a particular film that is not on the vote you can put it in the vault and we'll consider it yes um except the vault is the 121 in flux version what, what, what was the oh. what's the oh, one the called? reactor the reactor there you go <laughs> there you go it's new i'm new at this yes 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 uh, <laughs> so yeah go to patreon um get us on twitter at the ace podcast uh for updates and whatnot uh, you can send us in questions and we encourage you to do so um and we'll pick questions occasionally to to answer at the end of the show uh probably on episodes where we don't have a mystery science theater we'll uh, maybe sub in a question or two uh for some from shits and giggles um but you can send questions to us on twitter uh, at the ace podcast but you can also do it if you want to send a longer question something a bit more uh, thought out or even i don't know send send us in like a, a game to play or something i don't know Give us some sci-fi trivia and I'll, I'll question Tara some sci-fi questions or something. I don't know. Whatever you want. Uh, but you can send that to an email that we have now set up. Uh, it's called mftvquestions at gmail.com. I'd asked Tara to give you it, but the last time I did that, it was a complete disaster. Um, it was in a worse state than the city was after Mothra had been flying through it. So, uh, <laughs> so mftvquestions at gmail.com. Uh, the only thing we ask is that you put the title of the show you're asking a question for, so in this case, the ace in the subject bar, and uh, remember and say your name so we can credit you. Um, so you can do that. Go, so go do that. Um, Otherwise, check out other content we have, other content we produce, other content that we do, other things we talk about in podcasts like this. Tara, promote something. Um, you could check out the horror movie show that you do with um, Tim. Uh, it's really good. It's called Screams After Midnight if you're a fan of horror films. Check out the Star Trek reviews that you and Connor are doing. Those are always fun. On season two of Next Generation. Boom. Yeah, we are. Um, I love... So close to the clip show. Oh, God. <laughs> I love how much hesitation was in your voice before you, you thought of something. It just It's such a, a positive light. Like, yeah, you get so much great content. Let me think. Um, screams <laughs> After Midnight is not bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good, I guess. Uh, like uh, well, Tim's like on it. that. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, um, yeah. <laughs> the not you. Yeah, the one that's not me. Um, the less attractive one, yes. Uh, so, come on. What? I we, I didn't have a reaction. <laughs> we, we know it to be true. How dare you? Um, so there you go that has been the main portion of the episode which does leave us one final thing before we say goodbye and that is discussing a certain episode of mystery science theater 3000 mitchell 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 <laughs> joel's swan song yep yep there's plot in this episode uh and the skits to explain why joel's leaving he escapes the satellite of love and mike who's there doing some maintenance is kidnapped. He's just a yeah, a temp guy. Yep. 
he's kidnapped and shot into space so he is now the uh, was this was this the last episode of a season i want to say yes but i don't know for sure okay okay just curious maybe maybe not actually it might have been like the i think it was sometime in season five i'll look it up while you talk about the plot Oh wait, what? <laughs> I need to talk about the plot. Uh, so Mitchell is a uh, 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 <laughs> high octane action cop thriller, in which a cop named Mitchell, Mitchell, played by Joe Don Baker, played by Joe Don Baker, uh, is investigating a drug cartel. But also, the suspicious murder. So no, it's the middle of the season. Middle of the season, cool. Middle of season five. Yeah, so so there's the the mur- so there's a a home intruder who gets shot by John Saxon, who's in this movie. John Saxon's in this movie, um, classing up the joint yeah, a little bit. Big names. Yeah, big big names, and he. By John Saxon, we got uh, Linda Evans. We've got Joe Don Baker, of course. Um, the guy who plays juror number one in Twelve Angry Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that's another good pick, actually. Um, so no, but we have this this intruder who's shot by John Saxon, and even though he's intruding, he's actually running away when he just shoots him in the back like multiple times, like really viciously. <laughs> so Mitchell John Saxon goes, "Hey," and then he, the intruder turns around, "What?" and then gets <laughs> shot. Oh. <laughs> Mitchell, though, he's got a nose for this sort of stuff and he knows something's fishy. There's something going on here. Um, so he starts to kind of investigate and harass John Saxon uh, to the point where he actually himself tries to sneak in his house and almost gets shot by John Saxon in a, the same way that the, the intruder in the first place got shot. Um, and then the movie forgets this plot existed and nothing ever resolves or is like completed with John Saxon's character. What are you talking about? What about all the stuff with Galano and Estrada? <laughs> Well, that doesn't have anything to do with John. That doesn't have anything to do with John Saxon. I believe it does. It's just the movie's not very good at explaining why. Look, we get once we get to the point where there's a granny who's a, a drug mule, and we, <laughs> we, we, we blow up that car. Like John Saxon's like an afterthought. Like he's he's been gone in the movie for that point for at least thirty minutes. Yeah, he's there for a couple of scenes. Um, although bizarrely one of the things that comes out of that plot is that John Saxon sends him a prostitute um, yeah which wasn't clear when she showed up like I was really confused when she shows up at his apartment and just he kind of opens the door and it's like I don't even know what was the line she says I don't know but it was like something just really kind of like vague which made me assume they knew each other because it was so like nothing you know he lets her in have sex with her without even really at least establish for the audience establishing that he understands what she is she's christmas present she's a christmas <laughs> present but she gets she gets feelings for him though cuz she's not paid she only paid the first time she shows well how do you not fall for joe don baker you know a man who lives in filth and empty beer cans and <laughs> is always napping um, you you don't fall for Joe Don Baker by having uh, eyesight and uh, a sense of smell. <laughs> yeah. And... Oh boy, there's some quality jokes in this movie though. Most oh, of them yeah. at the expense of Joe Don Baker. 
who comes back in another um, episode of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, I'm sure. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to that. That that savory. I believe business. it's the Gunslinger. I think it's like a season nine episode. Yeah, there's a lot of jokes with him uh, about him being like a bit of a fat slob. Where he's like, every time he's running or chasing after a criminal, the the guy's just like, (laughs) (laughs) just panting and and whatever else. Um, Yeah, should have had five bean and cheese burritos or something. Yeah. My favorite joke of the movie, though, is he's he's after a criminal. Uh, and the criminal's running to the golf course and he shoots the criminal. And the criminal falls dead on the golf course. And the joke the guys crack is, oh, he falls just short of the green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like. I think it's the same scene where um, before he runs away, he asks him what time it is. And the guy looks at him and says, 10-2. 10 your own damn business. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke as well. <laughs> Yeah, I rest... wish I could use that, but I'm such a nice person. If someone tells me the time, I'm going to, you know, give them the time. Yeah. <laughs> the the rest of, the rest of the movie's plot is basically just him investigating these uh this rich guy, not John Saxon, this other rich guy, uh, you know, twelve hundred men guy, and his his drug the business. Eyebrows. Yeah, with the big eyebrows. <laughs> and they're staking him out. He has this scene where he argues with a kid for like four minutes. <laughs> yeah some kid on the skateboard just shows up and starts talking to him through his car and starts like copying him and <laughs> and Joe Dad Baker just turns into like this I don't know like this play school fight <laughs> why are you copying me why are you copying me stop that stop lie that lie through your teeth you lie through your teeth get out of here <laughs> it freaks out on a kid oh it's so funny so not only does he love and felt he also has the mentality of a six-year-old this is what this is what we're establishing here yeah like six-year-olds can get to him <laughs> oh dear i will say this about the movie though they did have a little bit of a budget because there's a lot of vehicles there's car chases there's cars exploding there's a helicopter there's a scene in a boat like boat yeah yeah they, they went all out for this in terms of in terms of the practical. Even the cast, the cast is not terrible. Yeah, which makes you I wonder. Mean, we make fun of Joe Don Baker, but you know he's like a a B list actor. <laughs> it's pretty good. Which makes me wonder though, like where did the writer and director like get get the approval for all this? Like how did this get funded? Like what what, what madness I don't led know. to this? It's like late seventies, right? Uh, I think it's mid seventies actually. Yeah, mid to late seventies. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they thought that Jonah Baker was going to be a star. <laughs> Next Hollywood leading man. They made, he's so unappealing. They made a grave error. Grave error. It's a great error. Grave error. Oh yeah, grave error. Yeah. A grave because... I mean, I like him. He was in uh he was in that and he was in uh Walking Tall, the original one. Hmm. That's a good movie. I've not seen it, but um uh, I'll take it over. It's for been it. remade like sixteen hundred times. So I, 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 tr- I trust your, I trust your opinion that it's a good movie. Uh wait, do I though? Because Rocket Man. Uh you watch Rocket Man, you know it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, Rocky Man actually came out the same year I think as uh as Godzilla, ninety eight. 
Yeah, sounds right. Maybe ninety-seven. Maybe ninety-eight. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, which one's the better movie? Because I don't think it's that obvious. Uh, excuse me. Maybe not to you who likes Godzilla, but to the rest of us, there's a clear winner. I will not stand for this slander. How dare you? What else happens in the movie? Uh, he he pulls over this old woman, searches a car by force, finds cocaine in her in her trunk, and then. But it's a setup. It's not really cocaine. It's not really cocaine. No. It's like baby powder or something. The guy like. with the eyebrows set him up. Yes. Yes. The eyebrows. Uh, which so leads to oh. Mitchell would get shot. Yes, Mitchell. That last time, I mean, we don't explain why we keep saying Mitchell like that. Another running joke in this movie from the guys is that anytime like there's just like really awkward scene of him walking somewhere or he he just has a really bad line of dialogue and then walks away or something like that, they'll just go <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> well plus the music's so funky like it it always lands on a on a note oh, where you sure. can just well, add like mitchell at i mean the end. that leads back to the opening credits though because it's such a a funky tune they start doing mitchell they start doing their version of shaft but for mitchell yeah. which is funny the, it's so funky. It starts the movie off on a really strong note. Uh, or, well, I say the movie. It starts the, the episode of Mystery Science Theater off on a really strong note. Yeah. So, no. No, there's a lot of good jokes in this one. They, they were coming fairly frequently, thick and fast. Um, I don't know if I... Like, I think Time Chasers had a really good high standard for the, the, the joke quality with frequency. <laughs> this one got close, though, to that. I love this episode. I really do. I got this episode when I first moved to the States from Canada. We never had like the Sci-Fi Channel or Comedy Central, but all I had and seen was the Mystery Science Theater movie, and I knew I loved it, and I wanted to watch the show so bad. And my brother bought me Mitchell on VHS, and that movie got worn out. Like I had watched it so many times that there was snow falling in every scene. And I lent it to friends be like, watch this. They love it. And of course I'm the only person who ever loves it, <laughs> but <laughs> not anymore. You know, I just, it's a, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, um so this also, movie just... or, or this episode really like, I know every joke, every line. And uh, even though I've seen it a thousand times, I still can't really explain who Galano is, but I... <laughs> oh yeah, there's parts of the post that I can't understand or, or, because they just don't explain them very well. Also, I just want to point out before we move on, since Tara never reacted to it, I, I never got to play out the joke properly. I, no offence to any Canadians, alright? <laughs> what? Why is that offensive? Well, no, when you were listening, you said that we didn't, in Canada we didn't have Sci-Fi Channel or we didn't have Mr. Science Theater. Oh yeah. I, I then said, or indoor plumbing. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but you never reacted, and I didn't want to just leave it hanging there. Like, wait, the audience going to hear that, and there's like no payoff to. <laughs> well, the audience would hear it even if I didn't hear it. I know, but because they hear it, and there's no payoff, there's no like resolution where you get to be mad at me for it. They don't get to like live through you and fight back at me. Well, it's too late now. I, I was playing the, you know, I'm playing the villain to Canadians for a second, which I don't know why. I like Canada. So anyway, I really love this episode. This one's really high on my list because of how much I watched it. It is, it, it, I don't know. It's kind of special, even though it's just a TV show. No, it's really this solid. This episode's special to me. It's a really solid episode. I mean, I have episodes like that. There's like, 
There's a specific episode of Batman the Animated Series that I had taped that I watched like a hundred times as a kid. So it's just it's when I was watching through the DVD box set years and years and years later when I hadn't seen the show in decades, and I got to mm-hmm. the episode like everything about it was like just triggering memories of childhood. Every single part of it. Mitchell and Werewolf like alternate all the time as which one's my favorite. That is absolutely. It's definitely fascinating. my favorite Joel episode, and then Werewolf's probably my favorite Mike episode, but. I'll repeat my joke again because Tara didn't hear it. That is absolutely fascinating. Okay. <laughs> every it's so, so often, great when you have to repeat jokes. Every so often I have to snipe a joke in, but you don't hear it because you're just motor mouthing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's a escape thing, folks. It's a escape thing. Or you're apologizing for the uh, the mucus that you're blasting out your nostrils. <coughs> oh, another one. Oh, a oh, third. No. The trifecta. Please say bless you so the leprechaun doesn't get me. Bless <laughs> If she sneezes once, she'll sneeze twice. She sneezes thrice, and she'll be my bride. No. Leprechaun too. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell's a very entertaining episode of Mr. Sinister Year. It's, it's, it's one of the best ones we've done. Top top four for sure. So what are we watching next time? I think I think you... Uh, well, for Mr. Sinister Year, I think you said, after we watched Mitchell, you said we need to do Hobgoblins. <coughs> These ones for yes, twice for no. Hobgoblins. Yes. <laughs> yes, Hobgoblins is the next Mr. Sinister Year movie. Uh, so uh, hopefully that'll be next week and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, which we'll talk about after. I, I'm double checking, but I believe the next one is Terminator Two. It is indeed. So not a big one, not a classic. All right, <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> if Tower is not uh, dead by next week with all this uh, sneezing. Yeah, it's probably time to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> all this sneezing, Leprechaun's coming together. I don't want to be the Leprechaun's bride. I'll be Warwick Davis's bride. That's fine. <laughs> I admire him. <laughs> He's pretty good in Life's Too Sharp. That's a funny little show. No, no pun intended. I, I didn't mean that. But it, I, I said little because it's like 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, that seriously wasn't intentional. Um, I know. The, oh, man. The, the Liam Neeson and Johnny Depp scenes in that show are so funny. I think I've seen it. That, that was why I watched it. I saw those clips and I was like, I have to watch this. It was him like trying to like do comedy or yeah. something but he's just too serious oh yeah the, the, the quote of Liam Neeson seen in that show is um, um, I'm really good at lists that's why uh, Spielberg cast me in Schindler's List said it was exactly <laughs> oh, yeah. what he was looking for pretty bad it's excellent that's what it is it's excellent um, but yeah that is, that is the that is Mitchell solid episode of Mr. Science Theater um, so check it out and as always on YouTube as all these Mr. Science Theaters have been you can find mm-hmm. them all on YouTube and watch them to your heart's content. Uh, so we will be back next time with Terminator Two and potentially Judgment Day. Yeah, ju- yes, Judgment Day. Yes, um, and this comes right after the exciting, maybe news that Edward Furlong is coming back as John Connor in Dark Fate. Ooh, we'll movie goes. better be good. I've been enjoying the trailers, so. Yeah, I can't get excited. I've been let down too many times. And Terminator is is kind of like the Alien franchise right now, but after Covenant, I just I can't get excited for an Alien movie until 
you know, it's, I see the movie and it's just good. Deadpool director's doing this one, right? Dark Fate? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of lukewarm on Deadpool, so. <laughs> yeah, I was lukewarm on Deadpool. But it's Deadpool got um, that chick from, uh, from Blade Runner 2049 and. San Junipero. San Junipero. I like her. Mackenzie something. Mackenzie Davis, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Gabriel... Oh, I say Gabriel Luna. I may be getting his name slightly wrong, but yeah, the evil Terminator, the new one, uh, is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was Ghost Rider on that show. So. Oh, people really liked that character, I heard. Yeah, no, he was pretty fun. Um, so, nice to see him in something, too. Um, we'll see. Actually, one of my complaints, actually, about the trailer, since we're talking about this now, <laughs> is... Uh, the I, and one of my complaints about Terminator Three, actually, uh, which I'll bring up, of course, when we get to that movie, is that they tried to top the T one thousand but failed miserably because, like, oh, we'll do the liquid metal but over the top of a sleek like metal skeleton, and I'm like, that's not better than the T one thousand. Being completely liquid metal gave him way more options and mobility than than the Terminatrix had. Which, by the way, Terminatrix terrible name. Clearly, just cashing on the fact that Matrix was a big thing uh, at the time. Um, and I thought they were doing the same thing with, with his character in Terminator Dark Fate. But when I saw the trailer again in the theatre, like a week and a half ago, whenever whenever I saw Annabelle, uh, you know, three, um, I realised that one of the things he can actually do is that he actually, the liquid metal comes off of him and then makes a duplicate like the T-1000. You can actually have multiple of them because he, he lets the liquid metal yeah, make a like second one. Yeah, it's like Terminators. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That's a bit more interesting. He might and... be intimidating. Even though liquid metal is clearly better, so why would you ever have it uh, just like a skeleton? But other than the fact that it looks awesome, and now you get to have both. So I think it is kind of cool. Did you I don't know, I'm getting a little excited. So I'm probably going to be let down, but oh well. The problem is that James Cameron made The Terminator, which is like a perfect movie. He made Terminator 2, which is almost the perfect sequel, if not perfect. And... He already find like, out next time. Find out next time. <laughs> um, but he he essentially already like went to the most extreme like worst thing he could imagine, which was his full on liquid metal. He already made the the most deadly thing, and every yeah. sequel since unless is they like, make like a gaseous Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> a gaseous Terminator. <laughs> Terminator gas. <laughs> I feel like the fart jokes would just be uh, coming thick and fast. Be the dark fart. <laughs> <laughs> Terminator Dark Far. Stupid! Don't laugh at that. It's so dumb. No, that's great. That is so dumb. That's great. That's that's the that's the that's your uh, your spoof movie. That's what you call the spoof. So that <laughs> next week. This this podcast is over. <laughs> yes. Um. Not not in general. Just the the episode. Uh. Is what, what Tara means there. Oh no, wait, no. I thought yeah. I forgot. Yeah. No, I was upset earlier. I'm firing her, and we're done. Yes. Uh, oh. But, okay, so it's actually over. So Sorry, sh- guys. Should she sweet talk me enough in the next week to to accept her back and start the show again? Next week's episode will be Terminator Two. It doesn't <laughs> sound like me. So <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> I'll give a full report next week because I'm confident it's going to happen. Enjoy the Ace starring Peter and Connor. <laughs> oh God, no, no, no! <gasps> All right, you know what? I'll forgive you. <laughs> I'm back. Back, baby. You just had to threaten me with more Connor, and I was like, you know what? I can forgive your transgressions. It's fine. (laughs) All right. That has been the Atomic Serum Experiment. This has been episode 18, 19, something that range. 
you know the problem is, is because we record a couple of these we're a couple of episodes ahead in this is that i can't just check youtube and check what the last number was because <laughs> i can never remember how many ahead we are <laughs> well then stop using the number stop saying the numbers at the end of the podcast we can't remember what they are you do it every week i know this is episode i don't know <laughs> you know what you're right tara you're right I, I will i will fess up you're right i should stop doing it i'm making it worse i make a, I mean, it's kind of funny but I'm, yeah. I'm making a pledge i will stop doing it i will stop doing it um just say this has been episode mothra and <laughs> Until we get to the point where I know where we're over your age, and then I'll just always refer to it as <laughs> this has been episode X plus Tara's age. No, I don't like that plan. <laughs> <laughs> that has been the Atomic Sam Experiment. This has been the Ace. Thank you once again for watching and listening. Like and subscribe and all the usual bollocks that we always ask you to do. Check out the Patreon, all that other jazz. We love you loads. And keep watching sci fi movies. We'll see you next time, guys. And computer. That's salsa. Yum yum.